Welcome to Two In Her Thoughts, the podcast for the overthinkers and those that have been labeled too much. I am your host, Antronique Lewis, here to guide you through the complexities of life to uncover your true, authentic selves. It's time to get out of your head, quiet the haters, and go after what you truly want in life. Now let's get started on the next episode of Two In Her Thoughts. All right, everyone, we made it back to the second episode of Two In Her Thoughts. I thank you all again for joining me. Man, you know, in that first episode, it was a little bit choppy. I know I was a little bit slow, maybe a little nervous. But you know what? That's a part of the journey of starting something new, of putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, and going after what you truly want in life. We, on this episode, are going to get into being too afraid to start and how we can get past it. Today's episode, we have our guest, my coworker, my confidant, my motivational speaker of the year, Carl Price. Carl. Introduce yourself, please. Yeah, as you said, I am your co-worker. Um, I appreciate you saying confidant because we do have some very authentic and candid conversations. And yeah, as you know, I am seeking to launch myself out there into the world as a motivational speaker. Um, I found my knack for that thing, working as we do with the clients, trying to get them closer to being ideal versions of themselves. Okay, I love hearing that. So... Carl, with you being my first guest on the show, there's one thing that I want to start off with, and it's going to be my guest question. Hit me. So, if you had to sum up how you're feeling or what's on your mind right now in just one word or phrase, what would it be and why? Authentic as F. Um, Sitting here with you right now doing this podcast, yeah, you really are true to form. Everything that you have discussed, everything that you are about, what you are doing here on this platform, this is clearly you. When you say true to form, what do you mean by that exactly, Carl? To be frank and totally transparent, we have probably done a redo, a re-edit, a do-over 10 times since I've been sitting in this seat. And I appreciate you letting me behind the curtain and seeing how this sausage is made. I know you're not going to just do me like that on my own show, but he's right. You know, I've had the pause a couple times. I am in my head, but yes, the podcast is called Two In Her Thoughts. That is exactly what you are. Okay. And I'm going to stay in my thoughts and it's going to be just fine. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thanks. So as we move forward, Carl, can you help motivate the people to get started on whatever they're going through in life or too afraid to get started on? Yeah. um, Before I sat down with you here, Slick, I was meeting with my mentor um, for a Toastmasters group. As you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I am hoping to launch myself more as a motivational speaker for groups, but I do work one-on-one with clients, couples, um, individuals, children. And as I mentioned before, I do have a knack for prompting people to take initiative and then to say uh, that when their initial motivation wanes, to find something that will keep that initial act sustained. 
Mm. When I'm working with people, I tell them not to work or wait for a moment of perfection. Uh, ironic, I'm sitting here with you as you're two in your thoughts, trying to get that perfect moment. But I, I'll say that when we're waiting for perfection, we're stuck at this crossroads of ambivalence, um, self-doubt, fear, because we're trying to control the thing instead of getting started and making adjustments while in flight. Yeah, that's very true. In the last episode, I talked about how I had to be perfect and I had to have the perfect voice and the perfect music and the, all this and that just to get started. But then I had my motivator mm, push me to get this thing done. So, Carl, I want to ask, has there been anything in your life that you were too afraid to get started with? And how did you push yourself past the fear? Yeah, um, the thing I'm afraid to get started with is the day. Every single day and every single moment, I'm afraid uh, on some level to do the thing, even if the fear is coming from that base level of losing the current comfort that I'm experiencing. And I know, much as you know, the only way to grow is to push beyond what's comfortable. Comfort truly is a prison, and I don't want to be a slave to that feeling, um, to this current existence. I want to be an ideal version of myself, and that's what I find in everybody that I work with. They want to get closer to the ideal versions of themselves, but their current existence is a comfortable one, even if they're complaining about it, and they tend to stay there a lot longer than what they would like to. Okay, so what if they are moving out of their comfortable spots and then it seems that things are not going in the way they expected them to? Sure, that's why we plan. And when we're setting the plan, we make sure that we're setting it up with like a smart goal format. Um, this plan gives us a blueprint to act accordingly and we break down that plan into actionable steps and we follow those actionable steps and we make them so easy that it's something that we can do in the here and now no matter what the obstacle is. When things do arise because life is going to keep on lifing, the fact that we have a plan allows us to adjust, to reevaluate, reassess, and then implement the new plan. Okay. So you mentioned SMART goals. Can you give the audience just a little breakdown of SMART goals and sure. an example? Sure. SMART goals is an acronym. S-M-A-R-T. S for specific. M for measurable. A is attainable or achievable. R is relevant. And T is time bound. So your goal needs to have some quantifiable things it needs to keep you to a timeline and it needs to be relevant to you and what you are seeking to achieve. For instance, instead of saying something ambiguous like, I want to lose weight, you'll never succeed in that thing. You'll never sustain in it because you'll do something in the beginning with the high levels of motivation or good initiative, but it's unsustainable when the motivation does wane or when those obstacles do come up. But if we say something like, I want to walk one mile every day this week after 5 p.m. That seems like something we can do. And if we find that we can't sustain it, we can adjust it because we had markers. We had objectives that we set out to hit. Okay. Nice, broken down, specific. Follow your structure. Very much so. Yeah, without structure, this is going to let 
things like ambiguity and ambivalence creep in. Structure gives us boundaries and it helps keep us accountable. I'm big on my clients about boundaries and accountabilities. These are the things that keep us aligned with our initial values that we base the goal on anyway. And if we're staying aligned with those boundaries and having the accountability to something outside of ourselves, even if we don't hit the goal that we set out for, the fact that we took actionable steps, we are going to be better than when we had started in the first place. Okay. So what do you tell your clients that they keep the structure for a month? Okay. And then month two, they're like, "Mm, okay, this isn't really working for me. Or I woke up late. You know, the things that kind of take us off of our structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, motivation is fleeting. Motivation is waning. Motivation is a finite resource. And so when you find yourself in a space where the motivation is no longer there, you have to reevaluate, reassess, and give yourself a new challenge. Give yourself a new muse. Give yourself new inspiration. And if you can't create that challenge, you don't have the inspiration, it doesn't matter. Follow the plan. Stick to the script. Every day, I don't want to do the thing. But if I follow the script, I'm going to be a better version of myself for it. Preach. Okay. All right. Had to take a little pause there. Once again, Nikki got two in her head. Mm, Antronique got two in her head. Nice. With that, Carl, speaking on motivation... What are you doing right now to keep yourself motivated in your goals to accomplishing, becoming the most important motivational speaker out there? Sure. Um, how authentic can I get? Am, am I to use language that's suitable for everybody or can I be exactly as I am? You can say whatever the fuck you want around okay. here. So yeah, um, I'm lazy. I'm lazy as fuck. And because I'm lazy, I know this about myself, I have to give myself accountability outside of me. I will rationalize and justify why I can't do the thing and why I should be doing something else. And I put myself in a position that I can't back out of. All of that to say, I have set myself up with people and events where they are seeking my expertise, my experiences to to talk on the topic. Um, As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I am part of Toastmasters. I have recently aligned myself with one of the speakers there to be my mentor. Meeting with her this morning and telling her about my future endeavors and plans to increase my professionalism as a speaker. Um, I have a speaking engagement coming up in a couple of months where I've been brought on, as I thought, just the keynote speaker, but it looks like their empowerment gala is centered around me and my presence there. And so I'll be speaking to a group of kiddos uh, from elementary age all the way up to high school. So we're talking four or five-year-olds up to 18 and 19-year-olds. And I'm supposed to fill up an hour's worth of time, keeping them engaged, interested, and feeling empowered. As you know, here in our offices, I'll be presenting to you and our fellow staff members about um, alternative lifestyles, and I am part of another professional speaker development group by the name of a gentleman, Les Brown, and I'm working with a TED Talk speaking coach, John Bates, 
and we are completing a TED Talk-like speech for video to create a viral moment, and that competition uh, will take place. Well, it will commence and end in about two weeks' time, so I'm developing my, my speech there and figuring out how I'm going to get that video together. So that's on what's on my plate right now. To answer your question, I put myself in this position because I put it out there in the universe that, hey, I want to be doing this thing. I have a passion for it. I seem to be doing all right at it. Let me do more of it. If it were up to me, I would keep kicking that can waiting for a perfect a perfect moment, um, some kind of utopian hypothetical situation. Well, if this, then, but instead of waiting for that perfect moment to happen, I put myself in a position to where I have to take the next step. And if I fail, it's okay. I will just fall forward. Mm. So you are really doing all these different trainings and interacting with so many different aspects to make sure that you are ready and you are honing in on your motivational skills. With that, you mentioned having this gala and you're going to be motivating and empowering ages elementary to high school. Yes, ma'am. Tell me how you're going to try to keep them motivated and inspired and engaged. Yeah, I've recognized that I, I'm not the end-all, be-all. I don't know it all. And you and I had a conversation just yesterday. I was getting your input on the thing. And so I lean on all of my resources. So asking you, hey, how would you do A, B, and C? Talk to my mother. Uh, mother, what are your thoughts on one, two, three? Uh, some of our other staff members here asking them, if your child was at an event, how would you believe that speaker needed to present himself, herself, themselves to keep your child engaged? And they were explaining to me that their kiddo experiences ADHD and other mental health needs. And so that sparked an inspiration and an epiphany in me. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a broad spectrum of personalities, of needs, of desires. And I have to be able to communicate and engage everybody and meet them where they are. To answer your question directly, some of the things that I'm thinking about. So for my younger kiddos, uh, the elementary folks, single digit, five, six, seven, doing things that keep them moving. So physical movement, um, coloring standing up, raising their hands, those kind of engagements. But I got to be careful there because too much physical activity can raise their vibration and I may lose them. Same thing with joke telling. Because of the age group, I can't be too funny right off the bat because then I will lose them as they're chit-chatting with their partners. On the flip side, with my high schoolers, the double-digit teens who are at the precipice of becoming adults, I have to then engage them with more tangible skills and, and challenging uh, buy-in from them and doing their call to action with the kiddos, giving them empowering messages and having them doing callbacks and, and mantras, you know, I can, I am, strong, wise, who are the role models in your life, what do you want to be when you grow up versus I'm talking to my teens. What things are you doing right now to get where you want to be? And when I say right now, I do mean right now because time is of the essence. And those young people, those teenagers, yeah, this is this is the time for them. Every decision they make could impact the rest of their lives moving forward. 
Okay. Very well structured and well thought out. And I know a lot is going to go into it and it's going to be absolutely amazing. Taking it back to your younger self, mm -hmm. who was your idol growing up? Yeah, um, to be honest, I didn't have one slick. My mother, I recognize now that my mother is the power player in my life. My mother has these intangible skills, um, her grace, her charisma, her ability to connect with people, her ability to get the things done and balance that with humility. When she meets people, everyone says, wow, your mom is so graceful, she's so cool, she's so this, she's so that. And they wouldn't know that my mother uh, is an executive. She's at CEO level type of professionalism. And she comes across as being very relatable on all levels and she's extremely giving. So my mother is, is number one. Aside from my mother, I had two uncles, um, both passed in the recent years. Uh, my Uncle Chucky. Uncle Chuck was an unfiltered, extremely authentic man. And he was not afraid of confrontation. Um, sometimes he was too confrontational, but I appreciated his desire to do the right thing. And so that's what I got from Uncle Chuck. It was always about doing the right thing and connecting with family and doing for family. Same thing with my Uncle Lowell. Uh, my Uncle Lowell was just cool breeze and he was a man about his business. So my mother's grace, Uncle Chuck's no bullshit, and then my Uncle Lowell's get it done. Those mentalities, those attitudes, um, that sense of self, those were my, my three pillars. Um, beyond those three coming up, my wife's mother, so my mother-in-law, um, just watching the strength in her, again, lost her a couple of years ago to cancer, but seeing her grace, even battling cancer, I'd never seen someone so strong. This woman told cancer when she was going to die, mm. and I mean that. Um, the cancer hit her lymphatic system in May time frame of that year. She said that she was going to be around for Thanksgiving, had Thanksgiving with the family. Mind you, she couldn't even hold food down, but she said that she was going to do it. She did it. At Thanksgiving, she said, I'll be here for Christmas. Mm. She was there for Christmas. At Christmas, she said, I'm going to be here for my husband's birthday. She stuck around for the New Year's, was here for Rick's birthday, and shortly thereafter, she passed. I've never seen strength like that. I didn't know that that was possible. And the entire time she did it, and I mean battling, you know, again, if you've experienced someone um, going through a terminal illness like that and seeing the body degenerate, but her strength and her spirit just permeating all things, yeah, it was phenomenal to witness. So she too is another role model of mine. Mm. So I'm hearing strength, grace, no bullshit, and the last one? Yeah, getting the job done. Um, Uncle Lowell was all about, yeah, finish all the work. Finish all the work. Mm -hmm. No matter what stands in your way, you absolutely have to finish all the work. Mm -hmm. Okay, Carl. How did you get to where you are to get the job done, Carl? Yeah, to be honest, I don't necessarily know that I'm getting the job done. Um, I'm probably one of my most critical evaluators. Um, I am hypercritical. And so that part, I don't think that I can answer, but I can answer the question, how do I get to this space? Leaving the military, 
I was doing HR. HR in the military is a bit different than the civilian sector. On the civilian side, it's more administrative um, and, it, and it's kind of sterile. In the military, there is much more involvement with the HR. Um, in the Army, we, we would call it the AG, Adjutant General's Corps, uh, the S1. And we are involved with the service member's life from cradle to grave. And I mean that in the literal sense. If that soldier had a baby, we were involved in the process of getting the paperwork done, helping the family find housing, telling the soldier where he needs to go, things of that nature. The soldier gets married. Again, we're involved because it changes the records. It changes the status of the soldier. And uh, God forbid, should the service member pass, then we are working the funeral arrangements uh, through and through. I've even done escort services. And when I say escort, escorting the remains of a fallen soldier to their family, mm -hmm. um, being at a whole different time with a whole different job, escorting soldiers' remains of their, as they're coming back from um, a wartime situation. But anyways, back to the HR standpoint, working with those service members and those soldiers from cradle to grave, you are really involved. You're really engaged on the day-to-day -day inner workings and emotional, uh, cognitive spaces that these people are in. So making that transition over to the civilian side was not difficult for me. I wanted to do just that. Luckily, I found my calling after attending Texas State University um, here in uh, Central Texas. I was there for my first year of graduate school in the rec therapist program, but the needs of that didn't suit my values at the time. We did a lot of work with the kiddos um, that had their own needs and I loved it. It was very enriching, however, it took a lot out of me and it wasn't necessarily the population I wanted to work with. Looked at UTSA and UTSA did have their mental health counseling program, switched programs, got over into counseling, and, and that's what got me to this moment where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Military, Texas State, mm -hmm. values didn't fit, made it to UTSA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and m more so with my current um, counseling identity, that is, yeah, the birth from, from all those experiences. I've been a person of very high passion, um, I've been called extremely intense, and it, it bodes well for my clients, at least here in private practice, because one thing I am learning is that every individual is seeking to improve their quality of life. They want a life of satisfaction, and so they want to get closer to the ideal version of self. Match that with my intensity, and here we are. Um, I'm good at coaching more so than I am at cheerleading, but my clients like it and it allows me to be true to who I am. So we are embracing uh, being too extreme. Very much so. But with that, I do have to be self-aware. Um, doing too much, yeah, you can do whatever it is you want to do in this life. You are free to experience, experiment, and present however you want. And we have to take the repercussions and the responsibility of how we're going to present ourselves. And so 
being self-aware enough to know that my intensity can be a turn off and do I want to turn this thing off or do I need them to get the message? Do I need to maintain or improve this relationship? And so I have learned to balance, not contort and conform myself, but I've definitely learned how to make it um, digestible, if not palatable for people. And again, not being fake, fraud, or phony, but I need something from you or I need you to do something. And so I can't get it lost in the messenger. I need you to take this message. What I'm hearing right now is remaining authentic to who you are to get your needs met. Very much so. And, and the needs of others. Um, I, I'm trying not to manipulate folks and, and whatever it is I'm doing. So if we can both benefit from this situation, all the better. Okay. Carl, I really appreciate everything that you have said and getting to know more about you and letting the listeners get to know more about you. I want to end with asking you, how can you help those listening to get started on things that they are too afraid of? Sure. Recognize where your fear is coming from. Chances are you think that you're not good enough. Chances are you think that you don't have the resources. Chances are you think that you're going to fail. Chances are you're hoping for this perfect situation and that's keeping you frozen in place. I'm going to tell you to dig deep, recognize what you value, prioritize those values, recognize your weaknesses, contrast those against your strengths, recognize what your boundaries are, know your intention and take action. And when you take action, you have to do it in the direction that's aligned with those values that you prioritize and make those actionable steps easy enough that with the limitations and or whatever resources you have, you can still get closer to the ideal version of self. If you don't do this, you're going to be stuck exactly where you are, frozen with fear. Mm. Woo! He done said the things, you guys. Carl, I thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything you would like to plug? Sure. Be on the lookout for me, Carl Price, with the dreadlocks and the dark skin. The one you might find on the internet, that ain't me. I'm not in that industry. Aside from that, check out my podcast, All Passion and No Patience, on your favorite platforms. Nikki, I appreciate you having me, and hopefully you have me again in the future. Thank you to all the guests that tuned in. I appreciate you all. I will definitely have you on here again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember, get out of your head, quiet the haters, and go after what you truly want in life. And that is it on this episode of Two in Her Thoughts.